Welcome to the boss level. My name is Enigma and I am a 15-year industry veteran. I am a lifelong gamer. I am a game console collector and I'm a part-time Twitch streamer. Happy Monday to you. This is your Monday morning heel turn. And of course, like I said, I'm the Skeletor to your He-Man. My name is Enigma. Uh, we have a lot going on I wanted to talk about today on the podcast. But before we get into that, I wanted to make sure you guys are doing all right. Hope you had a great weekend and I hope you're ready to have a great week. Uh, this past weekend, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I am recording this on Saturday the 13th, and like I said, i got a lot going on. So, But uh, let's go ahead and get our housekeeping stuff out of the way. As I said, I am a part-time Twitch streamer. I'm currently streaming on Friday nights and Sunday mornings, Central Standard Time, usually about three hours a stream. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. You know, you just never can tell what's going to happen. Right now, I've uh, been playing Jedi Survivor. But uh, there's a little game we're going to talk about coming out that I might have to at least try to stream. And we will uh, talk about that at some point. I'm sure it might not be today. might be next week. Who knows? But uh, as of right now, Tears of the Kingdom is on my calendar. I am getting a copy of it. We'll get into that as well. But uh, right, right now, it's just Jedi Survivors what we're playing. And I'm having a good time with that. So and I hope people are enjoying watching me play that. I am also a member of Team Dragonfire and a content creator for the Kindred Knights, which means I have, we have, our own line of hot sauces over at KindredNations.com. So go check out KindredNations.com. The uh, three, the E in Kindred is the number three. Check out the line of hot sauces over there. There's some really good hot sauces uh, that I'm a big fan of, like the Dragonfire sauce and uh, the, uh, the, the, that's the Honey Garlic Fire and then uh, the Knight sauce I like quite a bit. Uh, a friend of mine on the in the Kindred Knights, Grizzly, just got his own sauce, the uh, Berserker Bacon Sauce. I've not tried that yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to Maybe I'll get a chance to get one of those. I'd like to try that see how it is. We will see. We will see. But go over there, check out the line of hot sauces. If you decide to pick one up, use my name, Enigma, E-N-Y-G-M-A, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. And it helps support my channel, helps support my uh, podcast. It helps me know that there's people out there who are actually listening to me. So uh, go, go check it out. And, and uh, as usual, like I've said before, if you decide to use that code and you tag me on social media, such as Twitter, I'll be more than happy to share your stuff out with my followers. And knowing the the uh, accounts I'm connected with, they'll share it out to their followers as well. So that would be kind of neat to maybe get just some more interaction on social media with your uh picture of your with your with your hot sauce so now we've got that out of the way we're going to have some fun talking about a couple of things first of all tears of the kingdom has come out and uh the reviews have been good so far and when i mean good i mean excellent uh, the reviews have been very excellent for it at least for the uh, review sites that actually got copies of it which is something else i wanted to talk about as well kotaku is exceedingly salty that Nintendo has blacklisted them, and I can't imagine why uh, Kotaku would blacklist anybody except for the fact that uh, Kotaku stopped actually being a game website many years ago. Uh, I don't, I can't tell you the last time I went there to find out any gaming news, quite frankly, because it's just a horrible uh, place where a lot of people gripe about things that are going on in the industry and in the uh, the fan the the fandom of gaming and all that, and I. I have no use for that. It's it's nothing but negativity. It's bad stuff, and and uh, I can I can tell you I remember reading their, basically transcript of their like PlayStation Five review, 
uh, when they got a PlayStation 5 for free when no one else could get one. And the guy spent more time talking about politics than he did actually about the uh, the console itself. And I just was dumbfounded by that. Like, why would you send him a $500 console just so he could sit there and, and use it as a platform to gripe about politics? You know, it just, it just makes no sense. And then they turn around and uh, blacklist Kotaku, Nintendo has, because uh, they've had their own problems with... with uh, with Kotaku and Kotaku is really salty about it. They're really mad. They don't have a review copy, an advanced review copy. Nintendo did not give them a new, a brand new copy of a game just so they could trash them uh, for whatever reason, because that's what Kotaku does. So uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, personally, I have not played it yet because my copy is still on its way here. Uh, funny. This is actually a funny story. Uh, I, I didn't like Breath of the Wild. I've said that before. Uh, when I when I bought my copy of Breath of the Wild, it was the, the launch day of the Switch, and uh, I was third in line. And the two guys in front of me bought the only two limited edition copies of Breath of the Wild that uh, the store I was at had. And I was kind of ticked off about that. But the guy in front of me, uh, with this, we we were talking because I had been there at the store, this department store, for like six hours, and we were there together. Never met the guy. I haven't seen him since. But you know, we were. He had been there for you know six seven hours. I'd been there for six hours. And uh, when it was all said and done, he they they said they have two copies, and he turns to me and goes, "Dude, I'm so sorry. I know you really want one, but I I do too." And he bought the last one that they had, and I was like, "Do you do what you got to do?" I wasn't mad at him, so. Uh, with Tears of the Kingdom, I know there's a limited edition, a collector's edition of that. Now, uh, I have managed to get lucky with some of the Nintendo collector's editions, quite frankly. And uh, either just being diligent or, or, or whatever, but I, I have gone on to different websites and managed to find copies, collector's edition copies of, of several of the Nintendo uh, releases on the Switch this year. The Tears of the Kingdom one was difficult. Uh, I would go to work, and when I would have a down, you know, a couple of minutes of downtime, I'd always go take the rounds, going to different websites, seeing if anybody had it, had dumped some on for for pre-order, and uh, nobody did. And and they did that for I did that for months. Okay, I'm talking for literal months. I would go on to all the little websites that I could, or all the big websites that I could, you know, Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, Target. Can I get a copy of it? And the answer was no. I could not get a copy of it. I, I despite my best efforts, I could not get a copy of uh, the collector's edition of Breath of the uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yesterday, Friday, was the launch day for Tears of the Kingdom, and I just said, I, I, I fully expected that I was going to take my lunch uh, at work to go to the local store and pick up a copy of Tears of the Kingdom. That's that's what I had planned on doing. Go in, turn on my computer, load up a website from a retailer, and lo and behold, on launch day, I guess they find they realized they had too many copies. They had they've got more copies than they planned on in the collector's edition. Put them up on their website. I bought one immediately, and uh, it's on its way here. It's shipped. So it's saying it's going to be here on Tuesday. I uh, I'm looking forward to that. I love steelbook cases, and there's going to be a steelbook case in there. It's primarily reason why I got it. But that's why I've not played Tears of the Kingdom yet is because I'm waiting for uh, that to show up. I also managed to snag one of the uh, Tears of the Kingdom Pro controllers Nintendo has uh, produced for the this launch. I got that off of Amazon. I 
just was messing around and pulled it up and lo and behold they had it it should be here sometime today so uh i played the long game and i won i, I was patient and managed to get what i wanted in the long run not when i wanted it because obviously i would rather have, have had it on launch day and maybe streamed it last night but uh I, I I just waited and, and managed to get it. So that uh, is going to be cool. It's going to be cool that I'm going to have that. And I, I like collector's editions of things. I, I'm not as bad as I used to be. When, when I worked at the Evil Empire, I had first grab at a lot of limited editions because I would see them in the system when they came up for pre-order. And dang, if I didn't go ahead and pop $5 or $20 down for whatever it is and... and reserve all these limited editions and and now it's it's not that way i ha i'm much more uh judicious with the ones that i get i want to make sure they're limited editions that i want and at the same time i look at what's included with the limited editions this is something that not a lot of people uh probably understand or realize is that i don't have a whole ton of room in my game room and a lot of these really awesome limited editions have statues with them and and i just look at i'm not going to pay 300 dollars for a statue i don't have the room to display and i probably wouldn't display if i had it anyway so i just kind of disposed of all that and and now i only buy the limited editions that i really really want you know and the, they come with really cool stuff so uh the jedi survivor came with the cal Kestis lightsaber hilt uh, I have that. I, I when I got the God of War limited edition, it came with the, uh, the Mjolnir the hammer. I love it. So I, I do like a lot of limited editions, but at the same time, it's uh, it's got to be something that I I really see some sort of interest and value in for me to invest the the money that required to to get these things because they they've gotten much more expensive. They're not cheap, and uh, guys, it just basically kind of comes down to the fact that. There's a there's a finite amount of money in <laughs> that I have, and uh, while I'm by no means saying that I'm poor, but uh, I, I just really want to make sure that I'm investing into the things that I want, versus oh that looks cool and just you know buying it and then not doing anything with it. So that's why I'm not playing Tears of the Kingdom yet because I don't have my copy. Should be here in a couple of days. I know it shipped. I got the tracking information on it, and I'm looking really forward to it. Hope you're getting a chance to play it if if you are, and uh, I'm I'm hoping I enjoy it. I know I've talked to a couple of friends of mine on Team Dragonfire, uh, like Max, and he told me he really loved it, and it, but he loved Breath of the Wild too. And uh, when when he asked me why I didn't like it, I told him uh, my reasons, and he goes, "Yeah, you're right. That's kind of annoying. Yeah, I don't. That's that's true, but." Uh, you know, truth is, I hold certain games to a higher standard. Uh, Zelda is one of them. That that name alone means to me that it, it should be impeccable. And if there are problems with the game, uh, I'm pretty open and honest about it. Just because it says Zelda on it doesn't mean I'm going to put on my rose-colored glasses and say, oh, this is the greatest thing of all time. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, in fact, I will be probably, I will scrutinize it more because it's got that name on it. And I'll do the same thing for Final Fantasy. I'll do the same thing for any uh, tentpole game series that I grew up with that I hold a, a deep place in my heart for. Because uh, to me, those are my memories. My, so I, I love those games. And for some of these newer games to come out and just completely trash, <laughs> the, the legacy is the word I was looking for of, of the old 
old games, I just, I don't get it. So, but we'll see. We will see. I'm looking forward to trying it. I hope it's good. I did beat Breath of the Wild. So it's not like I didn't play it till its uh, conclusion. Did I find everything? No, I did not. But I did play all the way through it. So uh, got to the end. So that's uh, that's our Breath of the Wild thing. Uh, Kotaku still says they're not even going to review it because they didn't get a copy of it. Even now they could because they all they got to do is go to the store and pay their money like everybody else. But they're not going to do that. So uh, I would say boohoo for Kotaku, but I'm 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 not. I do know that all the websites that play ball with Nintendo have gotten their copies and, and they've been excellent scores. I'm kind of wondering if the Mario movie has kind of paved the way for for these scores for for uh, Nintendo because I, I have a feeling that the Mario film, because it was normal film, and did not promote different political agendas and stuff like that. There was a lot of websites, a lot of in the media that were trying to take Nintendo down a peg uh, with the Mario movie, and obviously it didn't work because the movie has made uh, you know 1.2 billion dollars at the time of I that I'm recording this, and probably going to hit hit even higher. And um, maybe that kind of scared these websites into just saying, okay, we have to make sure we're playing ball with Nintendo because. We lost credibility in the eyes of of the the fandom and and the people we're supposed to be serving, and it's it's true. A lot of these uh, reviewers out there, the Mario movie did a lot of stuff to really show the normies, the the people who the fans, in particular of 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 um, Nintendo and Mario, that the journalists aren't necessarily on their side. That they're trying to promote something that might not necessarily be what in their best interest that the they're more interested in trying to promote an agenda as they are about hey is this movie any good or not and i've seen interviews with journalists where they say they have to play ball with certain studios uh disney being one of them uh there are certain films that have uh, gotten excellent review scores particularly from the mcu that uh Probably shouldn't have gotten those immaculate scores, but I've heard journalists say, "Hey, we have to pick and choose our battles uh, because of access." And and basically, it's a it's a catch twenty two in a way is that the, these journalists might want to tell the truth about some stuff, but they can't. But at the same time, they're still trying to promote an agenda as well. And and if anyone who has seen Mario knows, there's no agenda there. It's a very faithful telling of the super mario brothers and uh not that we know the backstory of the barrios we 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 have not but just mario showing up in the mushroom kingdom thinking things are weird bowser shows up it's it's a it's a very good telling of the super mario brothers uh, you know in, in a way so uh it doesn't have any sort of agenda no backdrop no message it's trying to do it's just trying to entertain and there's a lot of, uh, of Hollywood folks out there who think that your platform should be used to educate and st- and uh, and promote an agenda as opposed to just saying, hey, here's an hour and a half for you to go in, turn your brain off, and have a good time. And that's really what a lot of people want now is they want to be entertained. They don't necessarily want to be preached to. But honestly, that's another podcast onto itself. And maybe one of these days I'll actually do a podcast about... about this sort of thing. I know that uh, there's a there's a phrase out there being bandied about called 
superhero fatigue. And uh, I'm not entirely certain that's what's going on. I think it's people are fatigued of having bad superhero films, but that's just my opinion. Again, that's a podcast onto itself. Uh, so anyway, uh, Nintendo's got Tears of the Kingdom out. I hope uh, if you are playing it, you're enjoying it. I'm waiting for my copy, and I will definitely share my opinion on it here on the podcast when I get a chance to actually get it installed on my Switch and see what's going on with it. Should hopefully be a decent game. Looking forward to that. Uh, otherwise, we have a big thing going on here, and I didn't realize it was so close, but we have the Summer Games Fest coming up. Basically, uh, with the cancellation of E3 this year, instead, Jeff Keeley, the journalist, who, I, like I said before, I've met him one time, very nice guy, and he is a journalist who is very well connected in the gaming industry, but at the same time, he doesn't do anything to really poo-poo anyone's stuff that's come out either. He plays ball. He plays ball big time with a lot of different companies, a lot of different developers. So he that's why he ends up having all this access to do things like that. And Summer Games Fest is going to be basically E3 online, which is what it's been for the past uh, year or so, is just a series of, of events where a lot of stuff's going to be announced. And, uh, ba- you know, E3 used to exist in the way where game companies would be there to show off the games they were going to have out by Christmas. That was the whole point of having E3 was to show, hey, it's June, here's everything you know, we're bringing out that's going to be on the shelf by November, so you have to look forward to it. And uh, unfortunately now, because game development time has gotten so much longer and because the big three are buying up developers like Pokemon cards for crying out loud. It's just a place to show off stuff and and hopefully most of it will be out by Christmas, but in some cases it's not. But uh, the reason why they're doing this is because it's cheaper. E3 is is expensive, guys. It's very expensive. First, you have to pay for your booth space at E3 and then you have to be able to set up and, and come up with a some sort of booth plan and, and then you, transportation, logistics, not to mention help, you know, labor. It's a you're talking about a, a very serious amount of money that these game developers and, and publishers were going through to just to get their wares in the hands of <laughs> American journalists that we were just talking about that uh, don't have their best interests in mind. So it's not surprising that the E3 is not happening this year, but instead. It's cheaper and much more effective if these game companies decide they're going to have complete control of their presentation and not have to put it in the hands of journalists to write what they talk about or, or do videos about what they've what they've seen at these at the, at a at a convention. Instead, Microsoft can put out an hour video and say, "Guys, here's what's coming out uh, from, from this, these guys, this is coming out, this is coming out, this is coming out and, and just show you game videos and get you hyped up for it. They are completely circumventing the websites. They don't have to go through IGN or Kotaku or any of the other sites out there. They can just put their wares out there and show, show what they have and, and take their message directly to you. So that's the whole point of this summer games fest. And it looks like so far, even though, uh, it is only in a couple of weeks. It's June, uh, June 8th, it looks like it starts. June 8th, a Thursday, too. So that's interesting day to actually show off a game or two from, from singular developers and publishers uh, that don't have 
the need to have a big long presentation just hey we're working on this and they can put it into a video and and uh, Keeley will show it and talk good things about it like he does. He plays ball. He plays ball with the developers and the publishers. And that's why he gets access like this. And he was one of the first really good gaming journalists back in the day. And, and it's he's reaping the rewards of those benefits, quite frankly. But uh, it's uh, that's going to be that. And then I, I do see we see a presentation from Microsoft, which is probably going to focus on Starfield. Microsoft has a lot to do right now uh they're really looking bad in the eyes of gaming just simply because if you're not a diehard fan of microsoft if you're not a xbox you know acolyte there's really not a lot there redfall came out a couple weeks ago and it's been middling reviews at best you know uh it's it's been and i've played it for a little while and it's fine uh, but it doesn't have anything that really wants me to bring wants to bring me back into it. That's that's the thing about it is it's very. I don't want to say milk toast because that's not correct, but it doesn't it doesn't do anything that makes me really want to jump back in, as opposed to Jedi Survivor playing that right now. I'm really, if it wasn't for the fact I'm streaming it right now, I would pop it in right now and and just take off and and just do stuff. I really want to to play more of it but uh it's not that way with redfall and unfortunately microsoft paid a lot of money to get bethesda that's a bethesda game if i'm not mistaken so they've paid a lot of money to to get some of these publishers and developers under their their auspices and unfortunately it's not translating into cash right now and microsoft of course as i've said before is a publicly traded company they are going to have to explain to their shareholders why they invested billions of dollars into these game publishers and they're not producing anything of substance for them. I, I, I don't, I don't, it just doesn't make any sense and it's not going to make any sense to, to the shareholders. And I, I was having a discussion uh, back when they bought, when they were first in talks to buy Activision. Uh, a buddy of mine who I used to write with on the website, we're still friends to this day, love the guy. We were. He was really excited about it, and I've always said I don't like it when one big fish gobbles up another big fish because it's never. It's not not good for the community. It's not good for gaming as a whole. Is to give people less options. And I said I don't know if they're going to limit Activision to not publish things on PlayStation, and it looks like they're not. But Microsoft, uh, he, he said, no, Microsoft should keep everything exclusive to the, to the Xbox. And I, I said, why would they do that? And he was trying to tell me, well, this means more people will buy Xboxes. And I said, that's not what that means at all. It just means that they're going to sell less copies of Call of Duty. <laughs> and they're going to have to explain that to their shareholders. Not the, you know, Just getting Call of Duty on Xbox as, as, a, as Xbox exclusive is not guaranteeing you that everyone's going to ditch their PlayStations to go out and buy Xboxes. That's, no, that's not how it's, it works. Instead, with a game like Call of Duty, you need to have as many butts and seats playing it as possible. You have to, to try to maximize how many people can buy it. It's not the same as Halo, where people will buy Xboxes for Halo, but it's not been that way with, with Call of Duty. It, Call of Duty's approachness the big thing about call of duty approachness the big thing about call of duty is it's been available on both consoles it's been something that bridges gaps between between gamers you can play uh 
with PC people. You can play with Xbox and PlayStation people. That, that's that been its big approach. It's been its big, great thing. And if they decide they're going to chop off one of those heads, they're going to lose market share there. They're going to turn it into what Halo is. And Halo is a shell of what it used to be. Sorry. You know, Microsoft bet on their IPs being big sellers and... They kind of are, but they haven't put out anything of really high quality in a long time. And it's it's showing. It's showing. The cracks in their armor are showing. And they're going to have to answer to their shareholders why they're doing what they're doing. And if, if they're not going to make any cash, then their shareholders are going to take their money and go elsewhere. And Microsoft's going to suffer for it. They're going to have to do something big to justify the money they spent on these development houses that's all i'm saying and and their shareholders are interested they want to know that's a lot of money so we'll we'll see but but microsoft is probably this is my roundabout way of going and telling you microsoft's probably going to show off starfield because that's going to have to be their big uh arrow in their quiver for the holiday season it's going to have to be starfield it's been delayed twice now it's a bethesda game which makes me laugh in a way because Bethesda games always release buggy so it's not it wouldn't surprise me if it, what shape does it have to be in for them not to release it because of bugs you know what I mean it's kind of crazy but they are planning on uh, they're probably going to announce it's coming out probably in November wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if it's coming out in November they're really going to have to make sure they do a really good job of marketing this game. I do think they are keeping that one exclusively to Xbox. And I think they're kind of doing it as an experiment, would be my guess. Is they're going to see what the market will bear for their sales and their console sales to release a Bethesda game only for Xbox. And if it does not sell enough to uh, really justify the purchase... It wouldn't surprise me at all if six or seven months or a year later we see it coming out on the PlayStation Five as well. So they're gonna—it's like a test run thing. They've—they've they've been very quiet about what it's—you know—what it's coming out on PlayStation. They have not said it's not coming out on PlayStation. I just know they're saying it's only exclusively for Xbox right now. But uh, trust me when I tell you, if it doesn't sell like they want it to sell, it will come out on PlayStation. A year, two years, who knows how long. But it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see it on a PlayStation console at some point. But as it uh, currently stands, it's coming out this year. This is probably going to be their big thing, their big game that's coming out. And, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I certainly hope they release a good game. I really uh, like Skyrim a lot. That being said, Bethesda Games... They always release buggy. They always release... I mean, they are very open world, but... You know, it's got to grab you, and Starfield's going to be is a very ambitious game, very ambitious. We will see what they come up with for this. I, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing it. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them show off some more stuff as well. But Starfield is going to be the cornerstone of the the uh, the presentation. I also see that Ubisoft has uh, some time slotted. This is an interesting thing. This is a very interesting. Uh, turn of events. Ubisoft, we know, is working on a new Assassin's Creed, but they also have that Pirates game, Skull and Bones, or whatever it's called, that they, they've delayed it like 8,000 times. Are they going to, to actually have a, a strong release date for that? I, I don't know. Uh, they also own the rights to Tom Clancy's name, Tom Clancy Games, so are we going to see a new Rainbow Six? Are we going to see a new Splinter Cell? What, what are they going to do? 
no idea. I would assume they're going to show off Just Dance because they always show off Just Dance. But uh, I don't think it's going to be another Far Cry. I don't think uh, they're going to do that. They might do some DLC. No, actually, the DLC for Far Cry is done. Far Cry 6, they did all the DLC for that. I don't think they're going to show off a new Far Cry. I th- in fact, Far Cry might have to go back to the drawing board. They might have to go back to Formula for that one and try to you know, find out what they're going to do with the, with the Far Cry uh, franchise. Because uh, 6, I don't think, met their expectations sales-wise. But I would I, Assassin's Creed is going to be there. Just Dance will be there. Anything else we will see. Ubisoft is another one of those uh, publishers that's been in, and uh, developers that has kind of been under fire in the recent years for certain things in the news that uh, have been negative. They've been it's impacted their uh, their name negatively. You know, and we'll see what happens. I have no idea what they're showing, but I would be shocked and amazed if it wasn't Assassin's Creed and Just Dance would be a big part of it. I know they used to get Aisha Tyler to host this stuff. I don't know if she's going to do that this time. Uh, she's a comedian. She's in the nerdy stuff, so she's she's a good choice. But uh, if it's not going to be a live audience, I don't know necessarily that they're going to have her there. But who the heck knows? Who the heck knows? So, But that's going to come out in June, early June, Summer Games Fest. And I will cover Summer Games Fest here on the podcast. I will cover the big news. I will cover the big games that are coming out and, and what I think of them. So don't be shocked. Don't be shocked when that happens, okay? So I'm always really excited to see new games that are coming out. Now, there's a, by the way, there's a ton of uh, publishers listed on the website uh, that are affiliated with it, including PlayStation, you know, Sega, Square Enix, Atlas. Atlas is owned by Sega, you know, uh, Electronic Arts, Warner Brothers, 2K. There's a lot of different developers and publishers listed. Here's Capcom I'm looking at here. Namco Bandai, there's there's a lot of folks on this website that could show things. You know, Square Enix would be interesting. We know that they're working on the uh, sequel to the Final Fantasy VII remake that they did because it only covers one-third of the game. Uh, that could be an interesting thing if they're going to reveal that because they already have the engine they're going to use, right? So PlayStation, I think, will have their own thing. I would I would be shocked if they allowed themselves to just be a little corner of uh, of the, the games fest without actually having a big presentation especially when their primary competition microsoft is having uh, something as well uh dedicated just for them the interesting name that's not on this list is nintendo and uh, nintendo's gonna nintendo guys they they do things to their own march their own drum uh, they'll have probably some sort of treehouse presentation or Nintendo Direct like they usually do. And, but I don't know if it's going to be affiliated with uh, this thing or not. I have, I have no idea. But I do know that Nintendo's going to do what Nintendo's going to do. The rumors are abound that uh, they're going to have, they have four new Mario games in development. And, of course, the big rumor is, since we're talking about Nintendo right now, is the Nintendo Switch 2 or Switch whatever they're going to call the next Switch. Nintendo very rarely reuses a console name. They did it one time. Well, that's not right. The DS they did many of, and so they did with the Game Boy as well. But handhelds they will. But uh, the Wii, they reused the Wii name twice, and they probably wish they wouldn't have done that. Don't know what they're going to call the new Switch. We we assume it's going to be very similar in design 
to what the Switch currently is, where it's got the docking station and you can take it with you and, and things like that. I think that's a really smart thing to do. Uh, we know they're working on another Switch. The Switch is like six years old this year, I think. So it's outliving its usefulness. And if you look at a lot of the games that are coming out right now, such for instance, Hogwarts Legacy, which has sold a gajillion copies on every other console, uh, Nintendo is not going to see it till November. Uh, the Switch just... They're, they have to have more time to get the thing ready for Switch. So we know that they're going to have to refresh that hardware at some point. Plus the sales. The For those who don't know, hardware sales are not usually indicative about how much money a developer, or one of the big three is making. For instance, the PlayStation 5, king of the hill right now. $500 gets you a PlayStation 5. They don't make a lot of money on the PlayStation 5 sales. In fact, I guarantee you it probably costs the, your uh, local store that you buy your stuff from probably $4.95 and change just to get it in the door. And that doesn't even count shipping. It, the, so $500 unit costs $4.95 to get it in. There's no profit margin there. There's none. The only profit margin your stores are going to make is off of the controllers and games. That's why you see a lot of game, uh, you know, a lot of your stores doing bundles where when the PlayStation 5 is so hard to find, they would package them together with, hey, we're going to get you an extra controller and two games with it. And then you can buy a PlayStation 5 from us because they were making nothing off of the console. They only needed, were making money off of the games and off of the, the accessories that go along with it. So, don't be shocked to, to, to hear that because it's it's true. The Switch, on the other hand, is a different animal. The Switch has been able to actually make Nintendo money because the hardware in it is really not that expensive, all things considered. Uh, in fact, when the Switch OLED came out, Nintendo actually came out and said, this is the first time in a while we've actually had a chance to make money off of the hardware. Because they've sold things so close to uh, to development costs, you know, like, just like Microsoft and and Sony, you know, five hundred dollar console to cost them four ninety to make it. So, same thing was happening with Nintendo, but the Switch was a little different, probably because of the screen. The screen is the most expensive part of their their unit, their their Switch, but they were making some profit margin on that. Now. The truth is, is that, and we all know this, the, the the Switch does not have near the horsepower that, for instance, the, even the PlayStation 4 has, uh, or the Xbox One, the last year's consoles, or last generation's consoles. So, so what is the Switch 2, or whatever they're going to call it, what is it going to have under the hood? It needs to have some horsepower behind it, because they need to be able to have a pathway to at least get some of the offerings on the PlayStation 5. Because right now, Sony is kicking the, the crap out of everybody with hardware sales. And I realize that the Switch has sold more, but it's been, but uh, as it currently stands, everything is going Sony's way. If you look at the market, you look at the, uh, the way the sales mix is working, Sony is picking up a lot of steam while Nintendo is slowing down. So they're going to probably have to have... I'm not going to say something just as powerful as the PlayStation 5. That's not what I'm saying at all. They need to have something that can actually get some of those games and make it easy for the developers to port those games to their new console. Because if it's cheaper for the developers to do so, the more likely you are to get it. 
as opposed to if you're going to make them use gimmicks like motion controls or, or, or goofy stuff like that, making it more expensive, making it something where the developers are going to have to invest specific amounts of time and, and, and energy and labor into doing something special because you're doing, you make them use something odd, the less likely you are going to get it. And, and we know this because of what happened with the Nintendo Wii. Uh, the Wii was such a strange animal compared to what the PlayStation and Xbox were doing as a lot of developers just flat out said, we either are go going to develop something exclusive, exclusively for the Wii or we're not going to do anything for it. And that is exactly what happened and why the Wii crashed like it did was the Wii's control scheme was so odd that they were going to have to spend more time and development and and labor into making things only for the Wii that weren't going to re return on that investment, which is why you saw games like Madden and Call of Duty drop off of the cliff with the Wii, where just one year they all just said, screw it, we're not seeing any money, no one's buying this stuff, so why bother making it? The same thing could happen to the new Switch if Nintendo is not smart with the way that they do their hardware. Now, Nintendo is so smart, okay? They know what they have to do. There's no doubt in their minds they're going to have to have something out there for these games to make it easy for their develop their publishing partners to come to them to put games on there. That that's what it's going to come down to is making it easier for them. Uh, but again, Nintendo's Nintendo. Nintendo it, they do things to the beat of their own drum, and and they can just put something out there and just say make stuff for it, and it worked with the switch but the way that the way the market is going right now they're going to have to do something big to unless they're going to just come out and just blow the the doors off of everybody if they release a new switch uh next year which we're going to get to in a second and it just blows the doors off of everybody like it sells millions and millions it outsells the playstation 5 in two years okay let's just say it there's a bigger install base for the new switch than there is for the PlayStation 5 in two years. Then you could see things where it's a little different, where you're going to see people making games for the Switch 2, or whatever they call it, and uh, then they port that kind of stuff to PlayStation and Xbox. The market leader, in sales mix, and the, with the way the trends go, is the one who really dictates what happens with that. And it's usually the kind of thing where your, your publishers really want them to be able to easily take their games from one console to the other. They want the functionality to be there where there's a difference, but it's not that big of a difference with control-wise. If, if, For instance, if you take a look at Call of Duty on the Xbox and the PlayStation, does one look a little better than the other? Maybe, but truth of the matter is they look pretty darn similar to each other. <laughs> there's not a huge difference in the way that they play. There's not a huge difference in the way that they look. It's very cheap for, not that game development is cheap, but it's cheaper to take a game from the PlayStation and put it on the Xbox or the Xbox and put it on the PlayStation because they're very close to being the same hardware spec-wise, control-wise, etc. While you have the Switch out there that's different, very different. And you can't put the same stuff on the Switch that you can on the PlayStation and the Xbox. So that that's where we are with, with that now. Nintendo with the Switch 2 or whatever they're going to call it has said they're not releasing it this year. I believe them. 
And we there's one big reason why, and that reason just happened on May 12th, and that's Zelda. If they were to say right now, we're doing a Switch 2, it'll be out this Christmas. That's going to impact Zelda sales. It's just going to impact Zelda sales. Just, just flat out, plain as can be, people will skip buying Zelda because they assume, and they would probably be right, that it will be on the new system, the new Switch. So, yes, uh, I do honestly believe that they did that for Zelda, that they're just saying, okay, we're, we're working on hardware, we know they're working on hardware, but nothing's coming out this year because they really want to make sure that Zelda sells a bajillion copies the way that they want it to, and then when it comes out, you know, with, after it's all said and done, oh, hey, we're going to have a console out. Now, Now, for folks who don't remember, the, the Switch came out in March, I believe, Usually hardware comes out in November. You know, usually it comes out like that in, in November, but Nintendo changed the game and put it out in March. Uh I would like to see them do that again. I, I would. I, I would if I were Nintendo, I would go through the holiday, this holiday coming up, do nothing. Do nothing. Then in January, middle of January. Or at the beginning of January, because everyone's got gift cards they got for Christmas and stuff. Have your treehouse, have your Nintendo Direct. Hey guys, March 25th, or whatever day, I'm just throwing that day out there. We have the Switch 2, here's what it can do. I hope We hope that you guys will, will, will pick it up, you know, and... and I could really see that being what they do, and I would like to see that, because then you get your diehards out of the way. Your diehards are the ones on March whatever that are going to be there who, like an idiot like me, who waited in a department store for six hours to get to for, to get his cop, his, his switch. Uh, get those guys out of the way. Get those guys and gals out of the way. So then at Christmas time, you can have your stock up, and that's for your normies, and then you, know, you start selling it to everybody. I, I think that's so smart to do i i hope they do it again i really do because christmas time everything gets stressful when you're shopping and then you don't want the people who are uh the diehards fighting with the normies to to get the consoles it's just a pain in the butt so i hope they do that again but nintendo says they're not releasing a console this year which is interesting it's interesting we like i said i know we know they're working on one and we'll see what it can do Uh, the only thing for certain i think it should do is backwards compatibility. If you don't have backwards compatibility on your console in 2023, you're going to have some some issues in the long run. Uh, I'm personally looking at my Switch collection. I use my Switch as a classic gaming console for the most part. Uh, a lot of classic arcade games and things like that on there. I really would love to port that stuff over to the new Switch, whatever it is. You know, All the arcade games and stuff that I bought, I hope they let that happen. But we will see. We will see what happens. So let's go ahead and call it for the day. I certainly hope that you have enjoyed being here and enjoying the podcast. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing it out, letting people know that uh, I'm here talking about games every week, I would greatly appreciate that. I really would. But uh, you know, do, do that for me. And, and if you want to rate it and leave a comment about the podcast, I'd appreciate that as well. Do not forget, I do uh, release content every Monday morning, 
So when you get up on Monday morning, you drive into to work or school on Monday morning. Hopefully you'll listen to the podcast. I do stream on Friday nights and Saturday nights. Uh, this weekend coming up, I have been doing Jedi Survivor. I, I I might continue with that. We might move into Tears of the Kingdom. We will see. Uh, watch my Facebook. Or not my Facebook. Watch my Twitter. <laughs> and uh, we will keep up to date with that. Because uh, Twitter is where you can find me. I'm most active on Twitter. I'm at Evil Enigma. That's also my Twitch channel, Evil Enigma. You can check me out there. But uh, Twitter is where I try to share positive things and make people laugh and put out some funny memes and things like that. So, uh, And I do take questions there. If you want to see me cover anything on the podcast, just let me know. And if I have a way to do it, if I have any experience with it, I will definitely uh, keep that in mind. I, I'm looking for arrows in the quiver, things to talk about. And the summer doldrums are coming up. Interestingly enough, though, there's stuff coming out, so we'll have things to talk about this summer. But at the same time, I want to make sure that we uh, have things to talk about, a lot of things to talk about. So that would be great if you could do that for me and, and tell your friends that I'm there. And give me a follow on Twitch. And give me a follow on Twitter. Say hi. Let me know. You know introduce yourself. I do. I'm pretty nice. I don't. Uh, I pride myself on being approachable and being nice. I know people in my Twitch chat say I'm one of the nicer streamers out there. And I do try, so uh, I personally don't have to agree with you on everything. Not that kind of person. Really not. Uh, I just want you to be happy and be safe, okay? So, I will see everybody online. And, of course, uh, check check me out on Friday night. I'll be on streaming. And I'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you so much.